You're listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast, a show where introverts share their success and failure stories and discuss how they thrive in the digital age. I'm your host, Godwin Chan. Let's begin. Episode 4 of the Digital Introverts Podcast features Alexander Michael Gittins. He is an acclaimed author, speaker, and strategist. He has created billions of dollars worth of solutions for over 400 businesses in every corner of the globe. A recent TEDx speaker, Alexander has delivered captivating speeches to thousands of ambitious people in the US, Canada, Austria, Germany, Slovakia, and the Czech Republic. A renowned thought leader, thousands worldwide have been empowered by Mr. Gittins' essays. Mr. Gittins has an ongoing relationship with the University of Toronto Institute for Management and Innovation, or IMI for short, as a mentor and community partner. He has served as a judge for several business case competitions, including the National MBA Games. As a young man, Alexander traveled worldwide as an award-winning pianist and competed internationally as an amateur baseball player. Alexander acted as chairman for a major Big Brothers fundraising initiative and worked with the Make-A-Wish Foundation and the March of Dimes. In 2018, Alexander was featured in the annual Toronto's Most Eligible Bachelor edition of Eligible Magazine. He has held one-on-one conversations with titans of industry, such as billionaires Mark Cuban and Richard Branson. Alexander received many awards for leadership and dedication to the community, including an exclusive citizenship award from the Federal Government of Canada and a leadership award from the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation. Mr. Gittins holds a bachelor and master's degree in business and a postgraduate certificate in research methodologies. He has completed coursework for his doctorate of business in strategy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to welcome Mr. Alexander Michael Giddens. Welcome to a special edition of the Digital Introverts Podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, right now, you probably can't see this if you're listening to a, a, through a podcast player, but we're actually filming this live. We are filming this live. Yes, if you don't know who that is. <laughs> this <laughs> random mysterious Right, if voices. a voice came out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is Alexander Michael Gittens, or AMG for short. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Thank you for having me. And thank you for suggesting the idea that we you know, film that this we live. we film this, yeah. And if anyone's listening, now after they listen, they can go back and watch it as well, right? Exactly. See, Godwin's going to look better on the video version. I'm going to look better on the audio version but i mean we'll get oh, there <laughs> i would say it was the opposite but anyways we, uh, too kind. I, we, we, we digress but yes <laughs> um so yeah so you know uh, this podcast really mm. is going to be uh on a discussion on uh digital introverts something it's like a term that i'm trying to coin or invent okay i like because, that because i've asked my some of my other guests about mm. it and they're like what does that even mean yeah i don't even know what that means yeah so you know, re- really, you know, in your opinion, what does that even mean? Yeah, like, well, to be a digital introvert or being yeah. an introvert in this digital age, basically. Okay, well, let's start with introversion yes. because that's a that's a theme and a topic that you and I have discussed off camera before. And then, yeah, I was forced to consider what would that mean as digital introversion. So introversion, and when uh, Gavin and I were speaking before, we were talking about both being shy. 
growing up, right? And, and we have to unpack that because I feel shyness is something that I haven't completely overcome, but I no longer fear the judgment of others maybe the way I did when I was younger. So I feel like the basis of shyness would be what are people going to think of what I say? And I think introversion is a little different. For introversion, I think it's more of where do I get my energy from? Where do I feel like the most me? So we're not talking about discomfort. We're just talking about my nature, the way that I'm wired. And I think with introversion, I would be someone who would prefer to know a small number of people with great depth than a large number of people with shallow depth. And with shallow, I don't mean that it's superficial. I just mean if I'm at a dinner party or a networking event, I don't really want to collect 20 different names and get to know a few tidbits about them. That's uncomfortable for me naturally, or that wouldn't be something that would give me a lot of energy. I would prefer to be one-on-one -on -one having coffee with, with Godwin here at a coffee shop and get to know him better. And then when I am in a group of people that I know well, it becomes a mix of all of the great relationships I've built. That would be where I would get my energy from. So introversion for me, and we're going to have to look it up in the dictionary later, but I was just, you know, I was considering it for myself. Introversion for me is I get my energy from deep conversations, deep relationships with a small number of people, intimate things like reading and poetry, rather than being a social butterfly. I would never be mistaken for being a social butterfly growing up. But shyness that's something you can overcome with maturity and putting yourself out there and not being, a, just being a little bit more confident, trying things and failing and getting back up. You can overcome shyness. Now, digital introversion. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna like take this outside of digital because when I think of digital, I think of versus analog, right? So I think of ones <laughs> and zeros and binary code. But I think what we mean is sort of in the online world. So as it relates to social media, as it relates to the way in which you present yourself in the information age rather than in person, right? right? Okay, so that, okay, look at that, right? So I'm one out of one. I feel like if we end the test right now, then I'll get 100%, right? So I got that first part right. Great, congratulations. Hey, you know what I mean? <laughs> Unlike when I was in school, I got 100% on this one. Okay, so digital introversion for me then would be the choice to sort of hold back from forming meaningful, deep relationships online for the same reasons that you wouldn't do it in the real world, which may be that I feel like this is superficial. I don't feel like I'm getting the depth I want. I feel as if there's too much noise out there and my voice won't come true, or I just don't trust this medium. I'm more someone who is face to face. And I think what I would be excited to discuss and the reason why I was so happy to join you here today is I think what we're now looking at is what would be an opportunity with the digital age where some people would see a threat and how can introverts still leverage the power and the opportunity provided by digital media while still being true to who they are? Am I, am I across it pretty good? Yep. Two for two, 100% <laughs> continues. So there we go, there we go. Yeah, so is that sort of what you were thinking? Because I was curious to hear your definition of digital introversion oh, as yes. well. Oh, uh, yes. You know, I, I love when uh, when guests, you know, play, you know, role play as host as well. <laughs> sure, it, sure, it, sure. It, 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 it of, or facilitates the discussion, yes, right? Yes, so, yes, yes. Uh, for me, really, yes, you know, introversion in, in the digital age, it really is a function of you know, how the information age and, and specifically the mm -hmm. World Wide Web, the Internet mm -hmm. and, and everything has Really transformed our, you know, our society and our, our sure. world, and more, uh, you know, and 
you know, more than one way, right? Mm. And in particular for introverts, even, you know, for introverts now, it's been really a boon in terms of there's so many more opportunities now, yeah. you know, for introverts yeah. to carve out their own careers, their own passions. Yeah, their yeah, hobbies, that's true, actually. Yeah. Uh, whatever, they can, you know, work from home, for example, you know, uh, two out of five days of the week. Sure. Or they can sure. take up a remote job. They can just stay at home and yeah. a, and work for a remote company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can carve out careers as entrepreneurs, right, as, yeah. you know, digital content creators. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they don't don't necessarily have to be forced yeah. to go to the office nine to five. Monday That's a very Friday. good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. And you said something that made me think. So thanks so much for unpacking. And that's what I love about sitting down with you. I'm always going away and thinking about something new. And and when you're like us, I don't know our listeners, if you're like kind of like got that little geekiness to you, but we love breaking down ideas, right? We love going deep into that, ideas. So. That's the whole uh, conception of the podcast. Really. Right, right. Talk about anything and everything. And that's and... how I got here, by being a geek <laughs> most of my life. That's how I got here. Oh, yes, I can, so. we can talk about anything. <laughs> okay, wonderful. <laughs> well, this is what I love about the internet. Every once in a while, I'll see someone. I remember when I came across Mari Andrews. So I am not in her demographic. She writes, uh, she does sort of watercolor, pen and ink, and writes these just beautiful, she's a tortured artist, right? She's got such a beautiful soul. And she writes these daily sort of reflections on life and, and her life. It's what art's supposed to be, right? This is the way in which I bring myself to the world. And I don't care if you love it or hate it, I just don't want you to be indifferent towards it. And that's how artists think. We'd rather you have the worst emotion than have no emotion whatsoever. But what I love about Mari has very little to do with her content and has very little, very much to do with the fact that she exists. See, when I was growing up as a musician, so I played classical music growing up, it was sort of the once I am discovered, once someone puts me on that stage, once someone puts me on television. And that wasn't because we were just you know, goo-goo-eyed dreamers. It's because, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, the only way that we consumed any content was through TV and radio. There was no internet at that point. So we believed in order to express ourselves, we would have to get a check mark or a cosign or be promoted to a stage where we could be seen. But the internet, it's demographic. So when I have something that is so niche and so unique to me and so quirky and so specific, I can put it out there, my own time, my own speed, and then the beautiful part of being an introvert, which is that I would open up if someone would understand me. Well, now I can foster a vibrant, engaged community of individuals who connect with my brand of quirkiness. And there's nothing more lonely than being in a room full of people and feel like you're not being understood. That's even worse than being in your bedroom and being not understood. But now when you're able to create on your timetable, on the highest platforms and be ubiquitous with just a click, and then you start to find people that say, oh, that's cool. That might even cure shyness. So I think the opportunity of, and then why Godwin, why would you ever consider being inauthentic when the things that thrive on the internet are typically personality driven, very specific things? So now it's not just, I'm gonna be me so that I can bring my art to the world, but I'm gonna be me because everyone else is taken. And so now I can be uniquely me. And so that opportunity is exciting. And it reminds me that I don't need to change my tone. I don't need to change my color or my gender or my height. I don't need to change any of those. The one thing I need to do with everything I create is make sure that I'm okay with this individual unit of me 
representing all of the work that went into this, all of the failure, all of the resiliency, you know, things I care about the most. That's an awesome opportunity, and it's a great responsibility, one that I take seriously, one that the team takes seriously as well. So I love what you said there, because I think the opportunity is to be you, only you, the most you, and still find an audience. Right, exactly. And, and that's the, honestly, that's the beauty of, you know, the democraticness. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's the word. Yeah. Of, of the internet. That's, sure. the, that's, the, that's the entire point for it, is to give ordinary people like mm-hmm. you and me the opportunity to share what we want to share Absolutely. with the audience that we want to share it with and then be able to cultivate a fan base, quote-unquote, <laughs> essentially. Base. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, you know, because more often than not, mm-hmm. we are more similar than we are different. Certainly, like, certainly. You, you, yep. know, you know, we're over 98% similar or the same really yeah. in our in our in our genes really yeah right and so there are only very superficial differences so sure. you know and and what i found was that you know the introvert community online is very very robust and very very strong yes of course yeah, and yeah. It, of course it's also driven by personalities but mm-hmm. it, it it depends because everyone takes a different angle of course there's a lot of uh discussion on introverted leadership yeah introverted yeah entrepreneurship sure or you know introverted writers which most of them are actually <laughs> it's by, by <laughs> right? nature right? it's very yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very by nature of course you have those types of careers where of course of uh, course introverts gravitate towards more right you know you have your you have your doctors your physicians sure, your, sure. your engineers your um, your writers obviously it and, don't forget that as well yeah yep yeah, yeah, it information technology of course yeah. right and then you have the flip side where you have what we're doing right now is yeah. not necessarily some something that introvert may gravitate towards sure. like starting a podcast. Sure. Um, the arts, maybe mix of both, right? Um, even see uh, even at the C suite level, of course, yeah, certainly there is a healthy mix actually of mm-hmm. both extroverts and introverts, and there's not to say that you know one personality trait is better than the other at the C suite level. It's just you know the na- there 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 is that bias right towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, extroversion, especially in the Western world. Yep. Right. And that's so, a very good point. Yeah. Uh, and you know, bringing that cultural piece in, of course, um, is super interesting because, of course, you know, on the opposite you know, side of the world, on mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. know, in the Eastern world, it's actually introversion. There it, it is valued above you know, extroverted traits. So it's sure. very very interesting dichotomy. It's an interesting dichotomy, and we use the word democratic, and I think it would be helpful for us to unpack that a little bit because I think that you and I both know what we mean by democratic. And I think someone out there who has huge passion, they are an artist, they have information to share, might say, well, it doesn't feel very democratic because it feels like people doing silly, frivolous things tends to be who the internet rewards with likes and comments and all of that. So there is, well, there (laughs) is the sensationalism that happens. But at the same time, that has always existed. It's just on a different platform and maybe at a different uh, magnitude now. But that's a human thing. But we've all been in situations where we've seen the person in a group setting, whether we're doing group work in, in, in school or whether we are a part of a community group where the loudest voice isn't always the best voice. I remember I was reading a a while ago, and they said, how do you know who the leader is at at a table? And they said, is it the person who talks the most, the person who listens the most? And it turned out that the leader was the person that the conversation flowed through. So who were people looking at? Who were people asking, uh, whether consciously or just by by looking for their head nod or, or some body language, who were they flowing the conversation through? 
And even by curating information, you could be an introvert and you're just amazing at picking out the specific nuggets and connecting them together to add value for other people. That's an awesome trait. That, that's leadership. Don't let anyone tell you it's not. So it's more that do you care enough about what you care about to do it regardless of the fact if you get traction immediately or not. And the cool thing about that and the opportunity of that is that's where confidence comes from, is unapologetically doing something you love at a high level repeatedly regardless of what the external world tells you about that. And as long as you're not hurting anyone and as long as your intentions and your actions are lined up with your purpose, I think that's beautiful. I was asked by an interviewer once what would happen if everything I had done on stage and writing and in interviews, et cetera, it sort of caught fire and it took off the day after I died. And so I didn't get to, I didn't get to enjoy the work or the fruit of any of my labor. Yeah, I became an, a celebrity the day after I died. Sure, just like many painters, but anyways. <laughs> oh, Van Gogh, right? Van Gogh. And, and not Picasso. He was a rock star. But I think that was just awesome. I got so excited. I'm like, so I got to work my whole life and do something I cared about, and it's going to add value for people after I die. Now, maybe I'm a romantic. Maybe I'm a weirdo. I'm definitely a bit of both. But the point that I'm making is when you're creating something that's uniquely you and you're giving your all to it, the fact that other people get to interact with it is one of the bonuses of being you. And you expect that to happen, but it's not the reason you're doing it. So my question is, given the fact that the silly cat video or the ridiculous meme, things that in the right setting are fun to look at for me too, will you still create what you think is of value even if it doesn't get traction? Do you care about it enough? to do you regardless of what the outside world says. And that's called confidence. And there's one trait in males and females that's equally attractive. There's one trait that works on stage, whether you're writing, it's confidence. But confidence is just using the best of who you are to create value for others. We can all do that. It might take a little bit of practice and it might increase with time, but unapologetically be you, add value regardless. And that's all that we're trying to do here today. So. That's right. wonderful. Exactly. And, and you mentioned a very good point about... Just um, one very good point or multiple good points? No, no, no. Because I had 100% before I started that last comment. So am I still at 100%? <laughs> you are still 100%. I seek the validation of Godwin only. No one else do I care about. Okay, sorry. I interrupted we, you there. We, so. we, we digress. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, you mentioned a very interesting point about you know creation and, and mm -hmm. the, the process mm -hmm. of creation. And, you know, even... And, you know, many people say that, you know, process is what they enjoy the most. Certainly. Rather, you know, Certainly. Destination, Absolutely. Right? And, you know, especially for me, mm -hmm. you know, right now, in terms of, you know, even creating this podcast and, yeah. and the upcoming book, yeah. you know, these things are fun. Like, I'm having a blast Absolutely. here. Right? Doing, Absolutely. Doing this in, in, in this process of creation it's where you know you get your satisfaction your, your joy and then everything else afterwards where you know yeah. outside world's reception of it is Definitely. just cherry on top right i there's it's impossible for me to agree with you more when i started uh being a public figure and getting my ideas out there i had no intention of sharing it with anyone i had to fix my own life I had gone through the legal system. I had faced business failure. I owed a ton of money. I wanted to get my own life back together. And I tried and I tried other people's methods and I tried to take shortcuts and they ended up making me go the long way. And I compromised my value saying that if I do this, it'll get me something else. And I ended up so many steps further back than I started. So 
in the process of defining what kind of man do I want to be, I realized that I didn't just learn things. I had to unlearn lessons that I had uh, held on to for years and, and back in the day. So as I got the courage, as I got the courage, and there's no other word but courage, to start implementing some of the things that I learned, I realized people like Godwin, people like our director, Christopher, and our still photographer who's here as well, Mustafa, they started gravitating towards me. And I lost a lot of friends, but I didn't lose anyone who truly wanted to see me succeed. And what I realized is as I kept stepping out and adding value, I kept gaining all of the things that I had wanted in the first place, which is courage and resiliency and confidence and, and, and levity and light and impact and positivity and, and stature and, and, and gravitas and, and charisma, all of the things I've always wanted. I started to get them as I unapologetically followed these steps of greatness. And I ask myself these days, without that failure, without that, would I have done it? And so I'll never be happy that I messed up my old life doing stupid things that took me a decade to get back on my feet. But in that moment, the decision to pursue who I am and to do that unapologetically is what led me to everything that I'm able to do today. So for me, it was never about being an author or a speaker. I was a shy kid growing up. I just wanted, you know, I, I always joke where people uh, say, I have a thousand likes on Instagram or a hundred likes on Facebook. I just wanted one girl to like me, you know? Like I just wanted to hold hands with that girl in my seventh grade class and I figure she doesn't even know I exist, right? That was my motivation back then is just to exist to the girl I liked, right? And, uh, but the process Oh my goodness, we, as a team, we always talk about the reason that we're doing something and the people we're doing it with. And then can we line up every step with that? So now it becomes easy when I get asked, you know, Alexander, do you want to have a chat on a podcast? Well, it's Godwin doing it. Oh, I believe in that young man. I'm in. Is it something that truly my heart beats for? I'm in. Because I can't be compelling on a cooking show. I'm good at eating. But I don't know how good I am at cooking because it's just not something that I've invested in. But that process, oh, man. If you can fall in love with the process rather than the result, then you can understand this incredible saying, right, is, is that the first thing you need to do to realize your dream is to wake up. So the, I'm not telling you to stop dreaming, but the purpose of a dream is to motivate you towards action, to take that next positive step. So with that picture you have in your mind of you on stage with your favorite artist, that picture you have in your mind of you being on the New York Times bestseller list, that picture you have of being on television with your original ideas, let that serve as motivation to take the next step. But it's not a cliche when people say life is about the journey, not the destination. There is no destination. We know what the destination is. Go to a graveyard. That's the destination. That's it. <laughs> That's it, right? But you're not there yet. I'm not there yet. We have this beautiful opportunity called life. So it's a process in and of itself. So why not purpose your incremental actions for greatness? Why not decide that the action itself that I'm taking towards my goal is more important that I line that up with my values than it is achieving the goal itself? Because then you get to achieve goals moment by moment to bring the most of who I am to every action that I do. And the cumulative effect of that is called greatness. The cumulative effect of that is called legacy. So it's not just something that we subscribe to myself and as a team, it's something that excites me beyond measure. I don't have to figure out where I'll be one day, who knows? But look where I am right now, what a blessing. Can I give my all to this moment regardless of the tempest swirling around me? So yeah, I love that you said that because you can tell that's something that I'm absolutely passionate about and that's how I live my life. Exactly, you can, you can 
you know, for all you listeners there, like you can really feel the passion, right? Definitely. In, in, in his voice. Definitely. When, when you know, uh, you know, when he's really, really speaking, yeah. it's like really every single word has so much emphasis and, 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 and meaning and it's well, well intentioned and everything. Mm. Right. So, and, you know, going back to the confidence piece, sure. know, I, I, I also certainly struggled with that. Right. Of course. Very, yeah. Low self-esteem when I was yes, younger. Yes, yes. I remember uh, reading that yeah. in the first chapter of your forthcoming book. That was pretty pretty exciting. If you uh, haven't read it yet, I'll uh, DM me. I'll send you a link to that. I, it's still online, right? Yep, it's still online. So there's a teaser online for Godwin's forthcoming <laughs> book. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, so, you know, I was also very shy when mm-hmm, I was, when mm-hmm. was younger. And, you know, and of course, like, process of unlearning that took mm, forever. It, sure. it, it took sure. my entire childhood and into a bit of adulthood as yep. well. Yep. Right. And it was, and it didn't happen overnight. It was mm. very, you know, of course, small, uh, it was a cumulative effect of many years of just the word. working on yep. it. Yep. Yep. Just, you know, bit by bit making hundred you know, percent small, consistent actions as my, you know, uh, Sam Demma has put it. That's exactly uh, what it is. Every yep. single day you just work on it, chip it away. It's like, mm-hmm. It's like you're chiseling a statue, right? You're not going to form Zeus in one day. You, you know, it's going to take years. Ooh, I right? like that. I like that. You know, I like a nice colorful metaphor there, right? Oh, I, oh, Can I, I be oh, a I, statue? <laughs> Can I be like Zeus one day too? Can I? Yes, young man, chisel away. You'll get there. But there's one thing you said that I want to make sure that I come back to because the fallacy is, is that any of this was predestined. The first time I got on stage and I was asked to say a speech, I wrote out the entire speech. I, I had the, I did the same thing. Oh my goodness! I had the introduction. I had the I had the pause for laughter. I had everything written out, and I thought I had about fifteen oh. minutes of content. Okay, that sounded like a play, actually. You know how Shakespeare writes plays? It's the exact same thing. You just write out everything. Okay, there was now, nothing now, Shakespearean now, about what I wrote. Now, Roman can leave the stage now, you know, that kind of thing. Right. No one laughed when I said they're supposed to laugh. <laughs> the only person who left the stage was me. But anyway, I mumbled for five minutes straight and then just got off the stage. My hands were shaking. I couldn't read. But I know how to read. I'm literate. I promise you I'm literate, right? I know most of my alphabet, and I can say it by heart. But the point is, is that I couldn't get my words out. I couldn't speak. So I ended up just mumbling incoherent babble for five minutes straight. And so if someone says, AMG, that's easy for you to say. You've spoken at, uh, you've given a TED Talk. You've spoken at uh, huge professional events and all of that. I'd like to remind all those folks out there is I couldn't even read a speech in front of people who, want, who were willing to hear something positive from me. But you know when I learned how to speak? You know when I started getting compelling? is after I started living it. I couldn't put a sentence together about greatness before I started living it. Once I started to go, and you know what it was? It was with my family. Relationships were hard. Like romantic relationships, it was kind of hard because you want the person to like you so much and you'll do anything to, to, to have them accept you. But it was harder with my family. It was harder to say to my parents that I respect that the way in which you live your life and the, the faith that guides your life is not where I, that's not where I get my sense of inspiration from. That was hard. It was hard to have that conversation. In fact, it took me years. But as I started to line up my actions with my beliefs, then the words came. I can't believe, I'm so eloquent, Godwin. I can't believe how eloquent I am. I listened to myself, I'm like, wow, you don't mumble anymore. A little bit, sometimes, <laughs> but I can speak compellingly because I lived it. And so you don't hear me passionate because 
I'm naturally an extrovert. You hear me passionate because I can't believe that even me was able to find something so compelling that I can have it come out of me with such effervescence. That's awesome. And that's an opportunity that anyone can avail themselves of. All you have to do is decide to line your actions up with your values and to do it consistently. And you'll screw up. I screw up. I screw up all the time. You know, I was batting 100%. I'm going to stop answering questions because it's all downhill from here as far as my marks are concerned. But it's not about whether I screw up or not because then I'm in a new moment when I can go back and make restitution or apologize or, or, or something like that. But the opportunity to add value to every situation you're in it, it's the most compelling thing. So I don't need to worry about the words that I choose. Once my actions are lined up, the worlds will follow. So if anyone's out there saying, I'd love to do a speaking or uh, how do I get started or that, or I'm an introvert and I can see myself up on a stage, but I don't know how that's going to happen. I'd say every opportunity you have. When someone says, hey, does anyone have any more questions? Speak up. That's public speaking. When you have a networking event and people go around and introduce themselves, speak up. Public speaking doesn't mean there's a stage up front, you're a poster the way Godwin or, or, or I would be when we're, in, when we're at an event. Public speaking is just that. It's having the courage to add value to a conversation when there's other people around. If you look at it that way, why wouldn't you take the opportunity to be the most you and create the biggest positive impact? But for me, it was a journey of failure, a journey of learning, unlearning, and then deciding that, you know what, I don't care what anybody says. I would rather fail being me than succeed being someone else. And that's been the joy of my life. I've, I have real, true, beautiful relationships that have grown out of me just being who I am. Hardest thing I've ever done. And it, it was a lot of false starts, a lot of footloose false starts, but, uh, but it's been worth it. It's definitely been worth it. Right. Definitely that authenticity piece is something that yeah. is really, really yeah. important, right? Yeah. Especially, you know, especially recognizing that you want to be true to yourself first. You yeah. recognize that, oh, this is the person that I want to be. And this is, I'm going to be the such baby. Such a good and point. That, and that's it. That is such a good point. And I have to unpack that because you just... I didn't even think of it that. And that's what happens every time we talk. When people say authenticity, sometimes they use it as an excuse for bad behavior. Yes. I just being me, all right? So if y'all can't handle what I'm saying, then y'all got to get some thicker skin or something like that. Right. It's just my opinion. Yeah, exactly. And But your intent is not that value. Or no offense, but. Yeah, exactly. Look, I just got to say, that's not being authentic. That's lacking tact. When I'm talking about authenticity, I'm talking about unapologetically being yourself regardless of the situation and doing that with grace. That's where character comes from. So when you say authenticity, a lot of people listening to this would be like me. They would say, Godwin, you're telling me that you were shy. You're telling me that you're an introvert, but I couldn't even think of starting a podcast or having a microphone in front of me or having three cameras trained on me. I would break out in hives. I, I would sweat. I wouldn't, I'd be like AMG's first speech. I wouldn't be able to get a word out. But that's not what we mean when we're saying authenticity. Authenticity is that process of discovering who you are. And the word that you use was taking steps towards it. I literally sat down when I owed over a million dollars. I had no money to my name. Uh, my businesses had fallen apart. I had two businesses. They both fell apart. And I wrote a list of what is the life that I want. God, when you won't believe, 80% of that list didn't require me to make money to do it. I wanted to be a good and true friend. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to have a clean apartment. I wanted 
good relationships in my life. I wanted to read more. I wanted to learn. I wanted to be able to apologize to people. I wanted to be someone who would give the credit to somebody else rather than taking it for myself. Those are free. <laughs> Character is free. Being a person of values and integrity is free. But what happens is when you're able to do those things, those values, then you build your own character, create value for people, and then you can monetize value if you want. But you're, the purpose is developing into the best human being you can be. And that starts with asking yourself, what are the values that I want to walk towards? But they're not going to it's not Pokemon Go. You're not going to walk around the city and, and capture them as they lay, you know, waiting for you to find them on the sidewalk. They're not hidden. They're not out there. They're inside of you. And as you invest in the things that you care about, you build your character. And what else, what else do you want to build other than your character and your legacy and your impact? What else? You know, like any kind of superficial endorsement or likes or whatever, that's just, that's candy. It's good in small doses. But you can't build a sustainable life on that. Why not be someone of character? Why not be the tide that lifts all boats, right? Who wants to be a firework? You just go up in the sky, explode, and it's over again, right? Why not be something of substance? Anyone can do that. Yeah. Right. And and that is a very, wow, that was very profound. Yeah, point. very profound. Am I still at 100? <laughs> you are Man, still 110 now. New year, new me. <laughs> That's what I said on 2020. Right, came around, right, you know? right. New year, new me. Hopefully it's 2020 vision, you know? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't kill me. I like that, though. I like that, though. My goodness. Everyone else I'm saying that. But, uh, yeah, no, no. It's, Especially that, you know, now that you mentioned it, you know, mm -hmm. definitely building that, you know, character and being in line sure. with your values sure. and, and, you know, being becoming the best you. Yes. Yourself, yes. The best version of self you can be. Right. And, and you know, as as I was kind of digesting our previous uh, conversation sure, sure. Yeah. for the book, actually. Right. And of course, you know. I'm a I'm a fan of psychology, so yes, me too. We, then we go through that yep. philosophy, self, too. self, yes, exactly, self uh, or uh, yeah, self actualization phase. Of course, right? yeah, yeah, hierarchy of needs. That's Maslow, Abraham Maslow. Uh, yeah. Of course, yes, and and so you, you look at figures throughout history. Very few people have actually mm. achieved that type of sure. you know, transcendent kind of goal, sure, right? Sure. And of course, you know that. It, of course, there there are a lot of factors in play as yeah. well. Yeah. Especially if you look at you know in the present day, we are so much more we are so much richer than any other period in, in, in every history, way. In every way, right? yeah. yeah. In every single way, mm -hmm. it, you know, like like we probably have you know the average person here living in Canada. This is where we're shooting, mm -hmm. by the way. Um, has more money than let's say you know entire villages in the seventeen hundreds. It's true. Right? Yeah. So, you know. We're such we're in such a privileged place uh, to be able to record this podcast sure. in the first place. Now, why not be able to use you, use all the advantages, all the all the cards yeah. that we have yeah. you know been placed before us to be able to sure. achieve everything that you ever wanted. You know, and, and, and even, that's and, yeah. and, and even for me, right? Uh, being the being the firstborn son of of immigrant parents, sure. And the pressure, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, there yes, there's pressure, but in the, in the sense that oh you know we talk about the word sacrifice and, and sure. sacrifice means you know a lot I assume you know for yourself and, and myself absolutely as well, right because you know my, my my parents you know gave up a lot right yeah. coming here gave up you know comfort of a, a culture that they knew a language sure. that they yes, knew yes, cuisine yeah. blah blah, blah. And, and a lot of mm -hmm. different things mm -hmm. come to you know a place 
where they had to struggle a lot, yeah. right, to yeah. be able to raise my brother and I, um, and, and you know, put us through school, and you know, for myself through uh, post secondary education mm -hmm. as well. You, you know, and for me, it, and as a token of my appreciation, feel like you know, being able to put my best foot forward. Good, to, good. To I like that. Yeah, really, you know, mm -hmm. really achieve now. Now there's a difference. Not you know, it may not necessarily be what your parents want to see <laughs> yeah. your dream career to be. It may not to look be. the, same. Not look <laughs> right. the same, especially but, to them. Yes, but it will. You know, it probably should be uh, something of equal impact or even greater, greater impact, impact than yeah. what your parents have sure. envisioned you to become. Yeah, right? yeah, and so that is the least I could do to absolutely. You know, uh, you know apart from treating them to vacation and everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, the biggest intangible thing. <laughs> yes. and, and you use the word Maslow and his hierarchy of needs, but then you use the word uh, transcendental. And so I, some Eastern philosophy sort of crept in to what you were saying. Oh, yes, I, well. I look at both. So Yeah, and, and I, I was talking to the team the other day, and we were talking about some Confucian, uh, some uh, philosophy there. And, and a lot of Buddhists will look at three ways to achieve wisdom. And number one is through experience, which is the bitterest. Then there's through imitation, which is the easiest. And then reflection, which is the noblest. And as you were speaking, I heard you moving backwards and forwards through time. You talked about your parents and the sacrifice that they made to come here. And what does that mean to your life here today? We've been talking about digital introversion, the opportunities that social media has to allow people who didn't have a voice to have a voice. But without that reflection, which is the noblest, what is it then? It's just a stream of content. We don't even like using that word on our team, content. You like to use the word value. Because if we're not putting out individual units of value, what's the point? And for authenticity, it's not so much about am I being me, is am I giving a whole picture of the things that matter to me the most? Am I being accessible? So I think even moving from the Western philosophy to Eastern philosophy, we can imitate. That's the easiest. We can go through experience, and that's, that's the hardest. But that reflection that you talked about and honoring the spirit of which your parents brought you here, that's the noblest. And I think we can agree on that on both sides of the Pacific, yeah? Yeah, so <laughs> oh, shout, yes. shout out to Confucius. Rest in peace, my G. Rest in peace. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, yeah, he, he's been gone for a little while now. So. <laughs> a little while, a few centuries. Yeah, yeah, so. just, just a little bit. But uh, nice. yeah, and, and of course, you know, we were... Uh, discussing that and mm -hmm. it does you know and you know going back to the, <laughs> to the to the parental piece and ah, you know, yes in yes of, yes yes you know what they've envisioned your life to be versus what you envision your yeah. life your life to be they can be sometimes very different completely different right? completely different and i think that's where our listeners and our watchers would be good to go back to our previous conversation because we uh we really uh unpack that a lot but i guess the long and the short of it is what relationship in your life doesn't improve when you become the truest most impactful version of all of the things that you care about what outcome becomes worse when you take all of the things that matter to you and you add sacrifice and energy and, and, and intention to those things? What part of life would be diminished by you purposing each of your actions for legacy? I challenge anyone to tell me, why should I not give my all in a situation? 
because becoming the best, most impactful, most humble, most courageous human being is the highest goal that you can aspire to. And the people who really love you will celebrate that in you, even if they don't understand the journey. So I think it's, it's not about values for values sake, but there's an opportunity to greatness. You get to be the most you, and you get to use that to create great outcomes for the people you love and the world around you. What else am I going to spend my time on? You know, that's a life worth living. Right, and yeah. we, we, well, we've talked about a lot about, you know, mm -hmm. building character, building that. Certainly. You know, very bedrock foundation. Uh, you know, bedrock. You know, really cares, you know, I, 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 honestly, I'm, going, I'm just going to borrow an analogy straight from the Bible, right? Oh, you know, oh man, you know, I mean, we go into the good book. I got to adjust my collar now. <laughs> Bring it. I'm ready. Right, you remember the, the parable with the, uh, the it was the, uh, the house with the uh, strong foundation, the house with Let the Let me foundation. tell the story for those heathens out there, okay? So for all y'all who don't read your Bible, what camera should I look into? Let me look into this one right here. So there was a foolish man who wanted a house by the beach, so he built his house on the sand. Awesome house. And when the rains came, the house was washed into the sea. But a wise man, let's call him Godwin for this example, sure. built his house upon the rock. And when the storms came and battered the house, it did not move. All right, you continue now. And when this is on the video, can someone please give me that sepia tone to, you know, like to... <laughs> oh, that, that, <laughs> that, that's that far away. Right, then, right, right. Then, can you know. use that zoom. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. But that, yes, that, that's a parable for folks who didn't read their New Testament. So, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, so, right, I'd ra of course, I'd rather, you know, build it on the on the rock of strong <laughs> foundational values right. and character. Absolutely. Right, rather than building on the, on, on, on the sand. And yep. or mm -hmm. if you look at it, even it's like a house of cards, right? Literally, uh, we're mixing our metaphors and our parables, but yes, it absolutely is, <laughs> right? Like they're analogous in that way, yeah, right? yeah. especially if you look at, uh, you know, people who compromise their values for sure. quick, for quick, sure. and gains. I and I did. Let's be clear. The reason I'm sitting here is because I did. I took shortcuts and they took me 12 years of my life and millions of dollars and having to deal with scary legal proceedings to get back. So if anyone's thinking of taking shortcuts, I'm not telling you not to, but at the end of the day, it might end up taking you longer. Make your mistakes, recover from them, you know, try things out. But where positive can you go if there's a verse in the Bible, and I'm not, and again, I don't, uh, I'm not one religion or another, but there's a verse in the Bible in Mark. And in uh, the King James Version, it says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul? But when you look at the translation that the Eugene Peterson did in his uh, translation or paraphrase called The Message, he said, what would it profit you if you got everything you wanted, but you lost yourself, the real you? And I think that's something where for me, who's not that religious, but has a, a history and a background of having a religious family, that connects with me. What good would it do if I got everything I ever wanted, but I lost myself? What good would it do? And I think that's a better way of thinking. What do you really want? You want to be the most you. I'm not willing to sacrifice myself for anything, you know. So. Right, or, mm -hmm. or, or I look at at this, you know, mm -hmm. slightly funny way. It's like, what good is it if you're if you're Jeff Bezos, but then you lost your brain? <laughs> Bezos without a brain? Yes. No, I like Amazon. I want him to continue <laughs> that brain. No, no. In terms of the, you know, he has everything at yes, his disposal, yes, yes. but he lost himself. You know, he lost, you know, exactly. Lost, yeah. You know, himself. Yeah. yeah. Well, what does that even is that? Yeah. Is that a meaningful existence? Probably not. Sure. Sure. Right? Sure. And, and we have to unpack that because we're assuming we know what it's like to found Amazon and that. And we're dealing with a culture that says wealth equals uh, something positive, where I think wealth used the right way can be incredible. But in my experience of being someone who was quite wealthy, quite young by doing things the wrong way, I feel like wealth tends to expose 
your character more than it builds it. Failure exposes your character too, but how you deal with failure can actually build character. But I haven't really seen money, especially in the hands of very young people, do anything other than expose their character. So if you're someone who genuinely cares about the plight of the downtrodden or you genuinely care about creating great outcomes for people, then money will help you do that. But if you have immaturity and insecurity and searching for external validation like AMG did, and maybe have a few of those demons to exercise still, but we're not going to bring them up because I'm batting 100. So I'm, I'm batting 1,000. I said I'm batting 100. I have 100% in baseball. I'm batting 1,000. But the point is, is, is that what is the purpose of getting all of that wealth if the things you care about aren't promoted because of it? And I'm, so it's not a referendum on anyone, rich or poor. It's just saying that what is wealth? If wealth is just your bank account, then I feel like you've missed an opportunity, whether it's low or high. So no, you yeah. missed the point completely. If you, yeah. if wealth you know is equal to how much money you sure. have, because of course mm-hmm. money at, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know I, I've I've talked at length with some of my friends about this. Money at the end of the day, it's a concept. Yeah, it's it's because we we ascribe value to some you know pieces of paper and some or sure. plastic here in Canada sure. or some sure. or some pieces of lumpy metal sure. or some numbers on a computer screen absolutely then we you know we say that this has value then it is but yeah. what if people don't say you know stop believing that this that's has a philosophical value. version that's, of money yeah. And, and, yeah and that's when you see you know devalue currency and then you know that's what happened to that's a, a macroeconomic so, argument but because of the way I grew up and because of your family as well we're both from immigrant families I have to unpack it another way as well for people that are hurting and are not meeting the basic requirements of life. So the destitute. For them, money represents a ladder. It represents a clean breath of air once you've been underwater. And recent uh, sociological research backs this up. In one of my essays, I forget the quote now, but if you DM me, I'll tell you, they did a study that found that your happiness doesn't increase past an income of about 75000 a year. Now, that's going to change a bit if you live downtown Toronto. Maybe it's 100000 If you live out in northern you know, Nunavut, maybe it's only 30000 But the point is, is that money's ability, or, or sort of, we're talking about money as an exchange of value. Sure, exchange yeah. of value. Yeah, yeah. so we're using the economic definition rather than a philosophical one. But to the point at which all of your needs and some of your wants are met, then money as an ability to make you happy or to increase your enjoyment of this thing called Earth, it's not. So basically, you want to be safe. We're going back to Maslowian theory right. here. It, it, and you want nice. to be comfortable and you want to have something exciting to look forward to. Sure. But So I won't demonize money because many my family, when my dad got sick and we were young, we were in a scary financial situation. And I remember how that lack of money and how that scarcity caused the real relationships in our family to be threatened or to be strained at least. So I don't want to get to the point in my life where I'm disregarding the ability of means to lift people out of a bad situation. But once you do have enough to live off of, and some of the things that you've always wanted that you have, you'll find out as I did making money very, very young after being in a very lower middle class and sometimes just barely above the poverty level growing up, you'll find that you're then stuck with, okay, I got everything I ever wanted, but who am I really? And we go right back to Mark. Mark, uh, I think it's chapter four, you'll have to look it up. But what would it gain you if you got everything you wanted? And, but I'm not gonna discourage any young person for going after it because until I had made a lot of money and bought all the things I wanted, I didn't really know that I would stop wanting things. I thought I'd want 10 cars and three houses, but when I had a house that suited me and a nice little car that I thought was a dream car for me at the time, I felt really good and I liked my car and I liked my house. I didn't realize that I wouldn't stop wanting things. 
So if your motivation is being rich and taking care of your family, run, don't walk, do it, do it. Make your money, invest in things, take chances on your ideas, but allow the process of it to be inside of your values because hear it from me. Money is very, very good at promoting your values, but it's very bad at building values. Values are choices you make moment by moment. And sometimes when you don't have money, that's the truest expression of your values. So make that money, young man, young woman, or like me, old guy or old woman, make that money. But at the end of the day, there's a higher profit, and that is purposing your actions for legacy. No, of course, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I like to think of money, it's a conduit for, yeah. you know, really you know, really promoting your values and to sure. really- at its, at its best, it. at its yes. best, it's exactly that, yeah. At its worst, of course, it can be a tool for sure. uh, a lot of bad things, let's just leave yeah, it at but that. That's just, human, that's just human nature, right? <laughs> it so is human nature. You can't legislate against human nature, right? It's just what it is, right? But let's, let's do better, yeah? Let's do better, you and I, let's start with you and I, and let's see if we can't uh, influence a few other people to do the same. So. Well, yeah, no, no, definitely, hopefully, uh, you know, we can really change, you know, people's attitudes. Yeah, really with this thing. Can I can have. I end with a funny story? So sure, you can end with how many funny stories? You okay, okay, want. okay. So growing up, I would always I grew up in the church, so I heard a lot of like. I grew up in the church too. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Not the same church. No, we're in. The same. No, 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 no. I'm so, I'm so old. They probably built a new church and you anyway. So these speakers would always come through, and invariably you'd hear some version of if I only change one life here today. I know, this is my Southern Baptist, like, if I change oh, yes. one life here today, then I know that I've done a good job. And for me, I was always a little suspicious, right? I was a kid who liked to challenge ideas, at least meant I never say it out loud, but I'm thinking, one life? You traveled all the way from wherever you were to change one life? And when I've heard that, I, always, I understand what they're saying, but I always felt like, that's a lack of ambition, or it's false humility. You really came here to change one life, bro? You went that far, you could have changed that. So then I said, you know what? And if I'm only gonna change one life, I'm changing my life. I'm not gonna change your life. I'm gonna change. Who cares about the rest right. of the congregation? I only get to change one life, or I'm gonna change my life. So yeah, good luck to the rest of you. But I think that's the attitude, right? Is it's like creating the most value for myself, the people I love in the world around me. So I am not saying that anyone who's listening or watching, and thanks so much for this opportunity to chat with oh, you. No and thanks to the folks that are watching us and laughing along with us here. This is just two friends hanging out and having a conversation. Conversation. So the fact that it could be broadcast around the world as well is beautiful. But at the end of the day, I did not try to speak or write or change anyone. I don't think I'm right. I don't think anyone should listen to what I have to say. I think that I changed myself. And in there, I found lessons and unlearned other lessons. I found a process of greatness and a life worth living. If you want the same thing, listen to everything I have to say. Then take some of it. Take none of it. Take all of it, but combine it with your own thoughts and create something that's uniquely you because the world doesn't need another AMG. We need a few more Godwins, but we have enough AMGs, right? We need you to be that maximum impact that comes from the unique combination of your values for that cumulative effect that creates greatness that we were talking about. So maybe it won't be in a podcast. Maybe your impact will happen in another way through art or through literature or through science or through technology. It's not important. Maybe you'll just change that person that sits next to you at the dinner table or that younger sibling that looks up to you. I don't know. I don't know what I'm, what the maximum of my actions purpose for greatness will be. But one thing for sure, the blessing and the value and the outcome and the beauty is in committing to that process and purposing your moments for, for action and for legacy and for greatness. And anyone can do that. 
even if you're a, a black kid from a from a bad neighborhood who, who had parents that were immigrants and got sick and made a lot of money and lost it and had to pick his life up, I can do it. Godwin can do it. If you're a handsome gentleman of Asian descent, <laughs> that when he enters a room that girls faint, anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. So. Oh, okay. that's very flattering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've witnessed it, all right? So. <laughs> Okay, maybe not that last part, but yeah. <laughs> I think I was the one who was fainting. <laughs> Here he is. Here he is. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, thank you so much. Thank for, you for uh, having for me. Huh? What a on, pleasure on, this on has been. Podcast. So, yeah, uh, yeah for for uh, all the listeners out there. Yes. Uh, last thing that you know, I always like to do okay. is okay. for. Where can people find you? You know, actually, before, oh, before, 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 okay, okay. before that, uh, yes, before yes. that, I want to tell a funny story of my own. So, remember <laughs> okay. the first time that we met at the? Um, it was the. Young Entrepreneurs Conference. YEC. YEC. I think that was two years ago. It was about, yeah, a couple of years ago. It was at the Global Mail Center downtown, right? Yeah, so, so we were downtown yeah, Toronto. So I, Beautiful. I yeah, and yeah. Venue was great. And I mm-hmm. remember, like, I think, you know, and I remember going through that, uh, viewing your highlight reel again. And I was like, we were there. Okay, so hang on. <laughs> it was there. <laughs> you you were there for my speech, and then yes. you talked to me afterwards. Yes, that's that's right. the first time that we yes, connected. That's right, yes. Okay, and then what happened? You were watching the... <laughs> Yeah, the 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 highlight reel that you oh the behind on, the scenes yeah on, yeah on, okay. on, on your YouTube channel and we were there you know <laughs> there that's that's evidence that I was there right right but what was even funnier was like when you know we we connected on LinkedIn and sure, Instagram and sure, whatever sure. and then you handed me your business card and your business card was just your name and block letters that was oh it. it's so beautiful it. that was it uh, and that, to me that was hilarious yes yes a second it was like you know. This, you know, this gentleman has such great SEO skills or social search optimization <laughs> social skills. skills. Or, right. Or social, this gentleman can spell his own name. <laughs> no, or, no, I meant like SEO, like search yeah, yeah, optimization. Yeah. That sure. you can just Google his name and, yeah. and you'll yeah. just find him. Well, naturally. see, that's what, and it's a funny story, but I remember I was putting together my business card and I was thinking, I'm not a noun. I'm not going to put author, speaker, or strategist. I, I'm a verb. I'm what I am doing. And if I'm not adding value, imagine if I forgot to put media on there. So I just said, you know what? And I don't want to put my degrees from my school after my name. That's good for some people who it helps them in their that, career. It depends on which career. It depends on your career. But I always thought I'm going to put Dr. Alexander Michael Gittins and all this alphabet after my name. Right, you can do like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I know most of my alphabet, okay? But the point that I'm making is I just decided, I'm like, you know what? If I am not compelling enough in person that this person wants to look me up, then I'm probably not doing my job. And it's my job to be compelling. So as soon as you put a microphone in front of me or you approach me, it's my job to keep your attention, not your job to look me up or to want to look me up. So how beautiful that my simple elementary first grade business cards could have led us from a speech uh, back then, we've now done two interviews. I spoke at one of your events that you put on with DYPB, right. and I've also had a chance to read your book. And this is just the beginning. So that relationship grew out of two guys who just wanted to add value, and one of them with a very simple business card. So that's See, wonderful. That, that, that's it. That was that was it. Nothing special, right? <laughs> I well, think that's everything special. Well, here I, I'm thinking this is this great moment. Right? <laughs> well, we looked at we looked at it differently. Yeah, it was such right, a mundane right. moment and rose-colored had, glasses. And, and, and had I not, you know, actually gone to that conference, I would have sure this this would sure. not be happening right now. Yeah, right? yeah, and I'm glad. What a pleasure, Godwin. Thank you so much. Huh? Serendipity. Yeah, exactly. Serendipitous. And indeed. again. 
Oh, what was oh, how can you find me? Question. Oh yeah, don't Google, cut off Google, the how you can find yeah, me. Yeah, you can Google Google his name, obviously. But okay. Also, yes, um, yes. And also, what you're working on? So two yeah. questions. Cool. So this year is pretty exciting for us as a strategist. We have a whole new business model coming out, but we're hitting the road, Godwin. Me and the team here, the gentlemen, you can't see our incredible team here behind the scenes. Christopher St. Clair, our creative director, and Mustafa Sheikh is down there taking still photography as well. But we're hitting the road. So up to this point, I've had the blessing of speaking on dozens of stages. But would you believe it? Everyone just sort of asked me based on one opportunity I had. So I just tried to give my all, and I've been lucky that even though everything wasn't as coherent maybe as it's become, I still got opportunities to speak. Well, now we're going to start traveling a little bit and doing some guest lectures at universities, and we've got the more cohesive uh, sort of demonstration of the lessons that I've learned called Greatness Guaranteed. So, I mean, coming to a city near you, Alexander Michael Gittins, you can Google me, as you said, <laughs> but I'm on all social media platforms, and if you message me, I will respond. I will respond to, it may not be right away, but it won't be too long because I think it's such a blessing to be able to connect with like-minded people who want to uh, change themselves and through that make an impact on the world around them. Hold on, are you are you also on TikTok? <laughs> Am I all, I have, all social media. So. I have a TikTok account. <laughs> it's the same as the rest, but I haven't posted anything there. I'm nowhere near interesting enough to uh, post anything compelling on TikTok. So. Okay, but he's, he's available everywhere. I have an account. I have an account. <laughs> and I, I will post a video sometime before I die, maybe one day. Okay, I probably you, you, won't. You, you, I'm well, walking back you, that commitment. You, well, <laughs> hold on. If you want to reach your Gen Z audience, you oh know, my goodness. just do it. <laughs> Shout out to my Gen Z. When I was at Ryerson last time, I had an audience there. Average age was 18, 19. They were awesome. They were there. They were there every step of the way with me. So I'm all about the Gen Zs, right? So holla at me, holla at me, my Gen Zs are. our next generation, okay. right? Godwin, thanks so much. What a right. pleasure. Okay. What a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing and leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at D-I-G-I-I-N-T-R-O-S-H-O-W. And you can follow me on all social platforms at G-O-D-W-I-N-H-S-C-H-A-N. I appreciate everyone who listens to the show and let's change the world quietly.